Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Real problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Podcast with Kathy. No, no more co-hosts. I don't do co-hosts anymore. I've got this thing down. Um, but I do have a really good guest this week. This is a guest. I mean, he's going to be calling in because he lives in LA now. Um, a lot of my listeners are going to know this guy because um, they uh, listen to Robert Kelly's podcast, um, and they remember an episode called "The Best Podcast Ever." which featured um, a recap of a date between me and Mr. Joe DeRosa. That went horribly wrong. (laughs) I would say horribly right because we got like the best podcast ever out of it. Um, But Joe would probably say it went horribly wrong. And there was a lot of controversy over it because me and Joe went out on a date. I didn't like him. And he thought because I didn't like him that I should pay half the bill. And that was like a big thorn in his side. And we went on the podcast to discuss our date and that came up and uh, it turned into a big battle. Um, I think he went on Opie and Anthony talked about it. I was getting death threats via Twitter. It was very exciting for me, I have to say. <laughs> um, I was fine with it. It was like the most attention I've ever gotten in my life. And it was it was all good. Um, but Joe was really bad. But we made up and everything was fine. And He's in L.A. now, and actually a listener that listens to the show t- t- tweeted me or texted me. Somehow this person got in touch with me. He's like, you should have Joe on. I'm like, he would be a good guest to have on because we could rehash that whole topic and talk about the whole dating thing and how it really works. Um, because me and Joe get along. Everything's cool. But, you know, I think it would be really interesting if me and him hash that out in a friendly way and talk about it because it was something that most listeners that listen to that podcast, everyone had an opinion about it because they think it's like a hot topic. So that's what we're going to do on this call. We're going to talk to Joe DeRosa. The infamous Joe DeRosa, Kathy K battle goes on. I'll be right back with Joe. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, Joe, you're on the air with me. And uh, I just explained to everybody about what happened and about, oh, shit. Did you just hear that? About what happened um, when we were on Robert Kelly's podcast and we went on a date. I mean, they set up our date, right? Our date was set up. Everyone knew that, right? We explained that. Um, yeah. But, but somehow they wanted it went to see hard- what would happen. Right, but somehow it went horribly wrong. What I just explained to my listeners is that, like, we went on a date, I didn't like you, and because I didn't like you, you thought that I should pay half of the bill. And I have to say, before we even get into that, that I had a date recently, um, and I'll read you a text that I got sent after it because I totally blew the guy off, and he (laughs) said the same thing. Like, you know, considering you knew that you weren't interested in me right then and there, why don't you pick up half the tab? Like, for real, you know? And it was just so. Yeah, I agree with that. So. (laughs) 
You do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, I think if you if if you're not sure, you know, I'm not saying like <clears throat> I'm not saying like uh, you know, you got to know where it's going on the first date to to get paid for or whatever. But I, I definitely think that uh, if you're on a date and you know from the you know well before that check comes that you have absolutely no interest in this person and, and you definitely don't want to see them again. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely your obligation to to say, hey, listen, I, you know, I know we're out right now, but I got to be honest, this isn't going to happen again. I'm not feeling this at all. And so like, I, I want, right, since we're just friends and I don't want to get you to get the wrong impression, I'll pay for half my bill. I could see where you're coming fr- from on that. I think, you know, my day with the guy was so weird because he said he really dropped some weird bombs on me during the lunch. And just so you know, he took me for lunch and he was a vegan. So I went to some like fucking vegan restaurant. I literally ordered ordered dumplings. He ordered a beet salad. I mean, it was pretty horrifying. And so the uh-huh. tab was probably $17, you know, I mean, like for real. So the and whole I, bill was yeah, and I never, cash? yeah, and I never carried cash. So what was I going to do? Be like, let's split it on our cards. Like that was embarrassing. I, at that point, I should have just picked up the whole tab if I knew he realized that I would have just paid for the whole thing, you know. Um, well, but, people split on their I, I, people split on their cards all the time. I, I all the time I split with my friends on my. I know, on but cards. you know what I mean. It's just like if it's for seventeen dollars, like I'll just pay for the whole. Like I'll just pay for the whole thing. And I have to say, I think I was just in complete shock with like what he was sort of pimping out and to me, like at the lunch that I was like, I, you know, I didn't know. I, it was like I, it, I had to process it. And then after I left, I was like, of course, I'm never going to go out with this guy. And then so I just totally blew him off. And then he literally came back and sent me like harassing texts. Like he was so pissed at me that I like blew him off. And that was the other thing I was going to discuss with you. Like if you're not interested in a guy like and you go out on a lunch date with him, do you have to have like a whole big conversation that you're not interested or can you just not even never text him back? No, I don't think you need to break up with somebody you're not even seeing. I mean, I think that's stupid. Um, I mean, I, I never, I've never taken money. I mean, I'm sure maybe I did when I was a lot younger and, and didn't know what I was doing. Like there were probably times when a girl offered me money and I accepted it or something. But I'm talking like I must have been in my early 20s when I did that. But I mean, I, I, I would never take money from a woman. But you wanted but, half. You wanted half the money from me. This is what we've argued about. <clears throat> no, I didn't. I didn't want half from you. It. It. What. What we disagreed on was that you said you. You had an. You had like your whole attitude about the whole thing was like tough shit. You <laughs> asked me how to deal with it, and that that bothered me. I, I would have never taken the money from you. I just was like, I just was kind of like. I wasn't you know, even open one, to the discussion, is what you're saying. Listen, I took video. Yeah, I mean, remember? I, I talk with girls all the time about it. You know, girl, like I'll go out with girls and they'll, they'll reach for their wallet. And I, my, my joke, I always say, like, oh, I really appreciate that fake reach. Thank you. Like, you know, I, I think it's funny. Like, you know, but like, I would never take the money. Like, I know, but the difference like, between somebody... me and you, Joe, is that I have taught my girlfriends, I have literally taught the girls that are younger than me, I have taught them. When the bill comes, you need to pretend that your arms are paralyzed. Like, don't ever do the reach. Like, I'm anti the reach, like completely. Like, no, seriously, you should do it. I'm old school. Time. No, after four dates, you should do it. Okay, but no, no. you should do it every time. You should no. do it every time. <gasps> it shows, you... shows appreciation. No, appreciation, appreciation is just like laughing at their jokes, giving it like you know. No, it's not. Yes. Oh my God, we're gonna have no, another fight, not. Joe. I feel it. We're gonna have another fight. 
That's not. But that's not a. Uh, don't no. Don't <laughs> laugh at their. If you don't want to laugh, don't laugh. Like that's just laughing at jokes and stuff. That's a human connection. Nobody's asking you to be a fake person. Okay, if forget about that. Funny, but you know what I mean. I, I'm saying there is no. I I tell my friends the Like you're saying, you want a girl to reach every single time for to pay. And I tell my girlfriends like, no, you're totally d- being disrespectful to yourself by actually doing the reach. I'm like, pretend your arms are paralyzed and don't. How do you? How do you figure that? I don't understand. Don't you think? Because that I think women... that there's roles. I think that there's roles that women and men play in society, and it's just the way that it is. And I feel very like so old fashioned that way. No, not really. No, not really. What does woman live mean? Like, what does that mean? We're gonna have a fight. I can women, feel it already, Joe. Women's what, liberation. What does it mean, though? Like, what is like the whole like? What what would if I believed in women's live? What would I believe that we always have to pay half? Like, what do they say? Women's live. Oh no, I don't think you have to pay half. What I'm saying is, is like, and I don't think that I don't. When I said it every time, I don't mean like you, a woman needs to reach every time. I want to clarify what I mean by that. Saying obviously, if it gets to a you know, if you get to a place, I'm not saying keep up that charade forever, but I do think like before you're in a real comfortable place where you've established with the guy that he's the one that takes care of that part of the relationship. Yeah. You should be reaching for it and you should pick it up once in a while. too. Of course. Like I, I think so. Absolutely. I respect, I really respect a girl. That's like, that's like, Hey, I already paid for that. I got it already. You took me out the last three times. I got this. Don't, you know, like I, like, I appreciate that. I don't expect it, and I don't look for it, but, um, but I appreciate it when she does it because if a woman really wants to show you that she appreciates that you're spending money on her, she'll figure out a way to pay for something. Totally. Um, you know, but, 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 but to the other thing, women's, when I say women's live, I'm saying, like, the whole point of women's liberation was that women can – function independently uh from men and can and and don't need to depend on men so it's like yes you're liberated yes so that would mean that you don't need a man to pay for you and yeah i have so many i have like two different feelings about that like there's a part of me that's very um fiercely independent and totally sort of it feels that way absolutely and then i have this other part of me that has recently learned to grasp the other side, the more traditional side of being a woman, which is it is it's okay to let a man sort of do things for me and help me and support me and everything. And I have to say, being on that other side of that and being open to that feels very like less defensive as a woman and feels nice for me um, because I was always the woman that did everything oh. myself, paid for everything, never took a dime from anybody. And uh, and now I have someone I could kind of lean on, and it's not it's not a bad thing. Does that mean I'm not? Like independent, no. I felt like it was actually harder for me to learn how to depend on a man or anybody um, than to be so like saying, alone. Like I could do everything myself. Nobody's saying you can't accept a gesture. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying though is like to tell a girl that she has to act paralyzed when the bill comes is bad <laughs> advice. That's, that's, <laughs> no, it's that's good. two different. No, things. because Joe, that's these girls. Okay, things. but okay, Joe, you're in my age range, right? You're in your forties. Are you in your forties or thirty? Late thirties, I forget. I'm in my 30s. Okay, are you? But you're over 35. How old are you? I don't even know. I'm you're a younger man. Oh, you were a younger man. I didn't know. Okay, you're 37. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm 45. So maybe I don't know, but maybe we're from the same generation. Are we from the same generation? 
I, I just feel like the younger, sure. these are my younger girls that I say this to because I don't know if you see this, and I'm sure you have so many people that you hang out with that are younger, but in the younger generation, there is no sort of um, old-fashioned stuff going on at all. Like these young girls... They, they split tabs. They pay for things. Guys take their money. They say, let me pay for the, the tip. And then they take the money and they don't even give them change. Like I've heard all kinds of stories from girls, women that are younger about the shit that goes down. And I just can't believe it. I just think. And so that's why I tell them because it's like, that's the way it used to be. Like, that's how I grew up. That's men. I had like this one poor boyfriend when I was younger and he was, he was so poor, but it didn't matter. That man, if I, if he went into the store to buy, I wanted to buy gum, he paid for my gum. Like he was like, he's the man. And that was his thing. And it wasn't like I took him to the cleaners. I bought gum and snapples probably. That's all I took him for, but he was going to pay for it. Do you know what I mean? And nowadays that doesn't happen a lot. There's not those like old fashioned. Well, I mean, it shouldn't. I mean, look, if you want to, I mean, if you really want to break down why it is or isn't, it shouldn't be happening as much these days. Like, it just shouldn't be. It's, it's, it's. But women, women are still looking good. Like, okay, so a man is supposed to pay for a woman. Okay, no, no, because I'm saying, when I was saying before, there's two, there's like roles that women play in society that are, you know, that are attributed to women and the ones that are attributed to men. A man pays for things and a woman looks good. You know, women are still keeping up with that. Would you like for a woman to show up on a date in sweatpants and a a mustache? But men have to look good on the date. Well, that's their own thing. Men are getting, right, men, but a lot, right. And men are getting much more metro lately and they do dress better, which is a great thing. But Women take a lot more care of themselves because that's how they value. That's like that's true. what men look for. Oh my god, women true. nowadays at twenty five, they're getting injections in their face. They have hair extensions, fake asses, they're fake tits. Doing that. Nobody's <laughs> asking them to do that. That's dumb shit that they're doing. They well, Kim be doing Kardashian is asking is, them to do that. Well, it's if anybody that follows Kim Kardashian. Well, yeah, I know we don't talk about celebrities on my show. I can't stand it. Fucking moron. Right, right. But, uh, but all the girl. I'm just saying the that they're doing it harder more than ever. You're saying that men and women are splitting things more evenly these days, and that's the, that's ultimately the way it should be. That was the that was the point of what people like Gloria Steinem were trying to establish with the, with the feminist movement. It was mm-hmm. like there is a there you know in this fight and this quest for equal pay uh, and equal mm-hmm. uh, treatment and and whatever and equal respect. Then of and and as we get gradually gradually further down that road. People, the sexes should be independently. Yeah, as long as those other things that you just said are getting better, too. Like, has the pay gotten better for women? Is there more equality for women in all those other areas so that when you show up for the date, it's good? Because I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, it's hard to be a woman in the workplace. You don't get paid as much. You don't get promoted as much. You know, when I was younger and... You don't get the what as much? Paid. You don't get paid as much. You don't get promoted. You're, you know, you're sitting Um, across from somebody on an interview. They take you, they take you less seriously than if you're a man. When I used to go out, when I worked at all these huge companies that I worked at and I went to work functions, you know, uh, if I was talking to somebody, a business person and I was networking, you know, the second question they'd ask me is like, do you have a boyfriend? Like it always turned to just personal stuff. It never stuck to business, you know? Well, and- I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but you, you got to admit in this day and age, far more women than ever before. And I mean, you can turn on any TV show or any YouTube channel or whatever to see this is true. I mean, so many women right now get granted opportunities based just, just on their gender. And I know women that say all the time, I'm so grateful I'm a woman. It's so much easier for me, especially in the world 
I mean, I, this, well, listen, I having a, a woman of, has its perks. You get free shit. People are nice to you. I mean, you have to be a hot well, woman, you know, but you, and you well, get a lot of there's, stuff. There's pros and cons. There's pros and cons. For I mean, sure. There's pros and cons for men, too. Look, I've been flat out told before in my field of work, uh, we don't need another white guy. You're just another white guy. You know, if you were if you were not. Uh, you know, and, right. Or, if you were Aziz Ansari and you were Indian, or like you have to be like some sort of niche, well, right? Sometimes, sometimes it's a sometimes it's a racial thing. I'm not even really white when you break it down, but yeah, I mean, you're I not really. So, but I mean, the point is, is that is that I, I don't even mean, mean to make it a racial thing. It's it's just my point is, is like there are without there are without question like girls I know that are further along. Uh, then they probably would be if they were dudes, and I don't resent them for it. It's it's a nice perk that happens sometimes. And there's also dudes I know that are further along. Yeah, but if you did the ratio, it would not, not be equal. It wouldn't be equal if you did the yeah, ratio of men to women. I think, it depends. I think it depends on the field you're looking at. I honestly don't think there's, you know, if you look at the statistics when it comes to this kind of stuff, like I don't think it's a it's a very easy thing to measure. Uh, because you're you're also discounting like the women. There are, there are just flat out a, a, a large percentage of women that have that follow their maternal instincts and wanna and wanna pursue motherhood versus a career. I mean that is that's true. Now the thing that sucks is for the women that want to do both and get and they get told that they can't do both. And I think that that's unfair. Right. Um, but like there's just men don't even have the option of pursuing motherhood. So it's like, right there, the numbers are just going to well, be. Well, I think un- it would be called un- fatherhood, down. Joe. It would be called fatherhood. <laughs> well, yeah, they but would you, be know, pursuing you know, fatherhood. Like, like, oh, be a stay-at-home dad. But listen, this is what I like. Like we're talking about like these huge topics, right? And it's interesting to yeah. me. And I know we could go on and on about that. But what I like to do on my show is get like really personal. More so, right? Okay. And talk about you or me. Like, what's going on with you? I know, you know, me and Joe actually spoke on the phone before. Um, he was calling in and you were like going to ask me like how I was and started asking questions. And I was like, no, let's do this all on the podcast, you know, because I haven't talked to you for years. Right. I mean, so how long was it ago that we did that podcast two years ago? Uh, I think it was longer. No, it was longer than that. It was probably three or four years ago. No, definitely not, because it was the whole baby thing. I know it's two years ago. And uh, well, I, we I haven't still spoke- lived in, it can't be two years. I've been in I've been in L.A. for a year. Uh, I was out of that apartment that I saw you in. It's like four years. No, I, three. I lived in Hell's Kitchen. Okay, three years. I lived in Hell's Kitchen when when we went out, and then I moved home with my mom to take care of her when she got sick for a few months. Then I lived in another apartment in Gramercy for a year. Then I lived in Brooklyn for six months. Now I've been in L.A. for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is a while ago. It was a while ago. Okay. Okay, but anyway, so, so but I was like, let's yeah. not talk. Like, let's get reacquainted on my show because that's what I like to do. I like to sort of dig deep and get to talk with people about personal stuff. I mean, we went on that date and it didn't really work. I mean, basically, it was pretty right. set up for the show. And, you know, I took videos. Remember, I took those videos. I rewatched them recently after I, right. I went and looked at that, you know, and I, and I really th- was like, oh, you know, you changed. Like, I've changed. That was three years ago. I've been through a lot in three years, so I'm a different person. I watched those videos and I'm like, oof. I'm a little, I mean, I think I'm really funny on them, but it's like a caricature right. of somebody. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the fuck was I doing? I was definitely playing up to the camera, 
right? For sure. Right. I think that's why those reality TV shows work. I think those people just like you become yourself to like, like, and you just turn into like a cartoon character in front of like, that's what right. I realized was happening with me. I was just turning right. it up like 10 notches and I was a little horrified and I was like, oh, no wonder why he was getting defensive and calling me a bitch because I really was. And I was trying to do that. Like I literally, and I have to say when I watched the videos, I would, would high five myself because I did it very well. But I was like acting, you know, and I was acting badly, you know, on purpose for right. a reaction. So that's what, right. you know, I could admit three years later. <laughs> I don't think I could admit right. that. I think I went into that podcast. And the reason why I turned so bad is I went into the podcast with that same attitude. I mean, and I kind of had to, right? Because what else was I going to do? It probably would have been a lot more boring as a podcast if I was just cop to it and been like, oh, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Um, what would we talk about? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. <laughs> of course you're not gonna agree with that i don't agree with that approach i don't think with what approach i think you should just be yourself i don't agree with playing it up for things you know like yeah, I, but I, I like i said but i didn't stuff. but just so you know i could only see that i was doing that years later at the time i didn't know do sure. you understand that that's like sometimes we have compulsions and compulsions are things that you do and you don't you're not even thinking about it do you know what i mean that, right, so right. it's not like I can only see that now because I'm a different person and I grew up. But, you know, we all grow right. and you so many years. Like like I said, like a, you, at that time, I had conviction for it. I didn't even realize I was doing it, you know. But I, then right. I look back and I'm like, oh, that's what I was doing. I have that part of me. That's who I was as a fucking teenager. You know what I mean? I, like I know how to – I could well, turn I that on now too. Mad. What? I said I know. That's why I got so mad. I was I was saying that to you back then. Like, I was getting angry at you because you were kind of putting on this, like, act. You were saying <laughs> things that I knew you, you were saying things that I knew you didn't know were, that I knew you didn't believe, and it was bothering me. You know right, I mean? but, and, but like, I knew that I was, I was like, like, you know, if you're just trying to win an argument on semantics or, like, on one-upmanship, I definitely was, like, I definitely was doing a good job. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? As far um, as like, I have that side of me that I could just think everything's just fucking funny and it's a joke. And even now I could look at it and be like, yeah, it was horrendous and it wasn't really great, but it was kind of funny. That's the way I look at it. Do you have that right. side of you? No. See, you still seem, you still like, do you have that side of you that you could just be like, oh yeah, like you were a cunt and you were, and it's cool that you're bringing that up and you could see it, but yeah, you did have some good comebacks or it was kind of funny or no, you don't see it funny at all. No, I didn't think it was even, funny. <laughs> even now you don't, Joe, this is what I don't understand. No, I didn't think it was, no, why would I think it was funny? I mean, I you were being like really rude to me, so I didn't think it was funny. You know, like, I mean, I'm over it. I'm not mad about it. Like that's, the part of me, the part of me, I mean, if we're going to, I don't know, you're talking about growth or whatever, like the part of me that grew in the last three years is like, I wouldn't be as mad now if that happened as I was back then. I mean, you can even just hear now, like in my voice, like I'm, I'm just a lot calmer now. Like I don't. Didn't like you, you leave? Her, you, you were like Robert Kelly's co-host on that podcast, right? Is that like you walked out? We taped again, right? We had a follow-up uh, podcast that never aired where you walked out. Like, isn't that what happened? Should I delete this? Am I allowed to say that? I don't care. Yeah, I don't no, give a no, shit it's either. Out there. It, it's out there. Yeah, no, no, I don't. I don't. I'm not like. But I'm I mean, isn't that what? Didn't you walk off the show and never to like do the podcast with Robert Kelly anymore? Did I wait? Did I walk off Bobby? You mean yeah. me and Bobby? Yeah. 
No. No, no, no. I was back. I, I went back. Uh, I went back a few times after. I left because my mom got, got uh, right. cancer, and I had to go home, and I left New York for a while. And I also was just not able to kind of commit myself to a lot, of, to really anything that mm-hmm. was outside of the world of my family. Right. So that's when I left the podcast. But I've, I've been, I was back uh, many times. Oh, like okay. Was, I thought that was when you totally left. Because I know I had a podcast, I had a co-host who was awesome and he was perfect. And, you know, Robert Kelly is the person who told me to do this podcast and he helped me set it up and he gave me some great ideas mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, when my when I had to fire my co-host because he was so hard to nail down and stuff, and he was the best though he was like perfection. It was, but he was too busy; he couldn't commit, you know. And that was like a big problem. So we had to part ways, and it was it sucked. I was like, oh my god, my podcast is over. I don't know how to do it without him. It was like starting over again. And Robert Kelly's like, that's how he felt about you. He felt like you know, with you and him had like the greatest thing going, and he, you know. And uh, when that sort of ended, it was really hard for him. He said the same thing. He felt the same way. And I just didn't know when you guys ended. I thought it was like a big thing that happened after Wait, that date. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. Bobby said he was upset when I... Yeah, when yeah. He, he thought you, you were... You, I, oh, I you, thought you meant... You were like his okay. Tommy. Like when I'm saying, when I was telling him the story about my guy leaving me and whatever, he was like, that's how I felt when Joe left. Cause me and Joe were great together. He's like, I love what I have now, yeah. but what me and Joe had was really great. Like I, and you know, and it was. yeah. So he was saying that he, and cause I said, I know I'm going to lose listeners. He's like, don't he? He's like, Kathy, you know, I chose not to even look. Cause I knew that it was going to have to reinvent myself. He's like, don't look at your numbers. Just keep doing your thing. And he really helped me through it. But um, he said that he felt the same way because he felt with, you know, what you and him had was like perfect and he couldn't imagine it being anything different, you know, and you left and then he had to like, you know, redo it. Um, But he still believes, I think, that you were like the bat, like you and him really were like great. That's how I feel about my co-host Tommy. He was perfect. And but it just didn't work out, you know. Yeah, no, we had a we had a we had a really good uh, dynamic, um, and we had we definitely Bobby and I had definitely had like um, I guess you know like our sort of signature things or whatever you want to call it that uh, that we did together. You know, like there were there were definitely like some very like unique uh, connections between the two of us, and um, it's like chemistry. And, you know, it's it, chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, chemistry. I can't. I, I, my vocabulary stinks, but. Uh, it's okay. I can't yeah, spell. It was, it was a good, it was definitely a good chemistry. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. It was kind of a bummer when it all ended the way it had, the way it had to end. But I mean, as you can imagine, it was like a very turbulent time. Like my mom, I remember when my mom went in and got tested for cancer and it what was kind like, of cancer? Uh, it was breast cancer. And yeah, we were, my sister and, had breast cancer, so I know the whole deal. It's horrifying. You know, she she went in for like a routine mammogram, mm-hmm. and like there was no, there was nothing, there was no like lump or anything. So she was like, "Oh, they found a little something," and it was like, and my mom calcifications. Uh, wait, what'd you say? Were they was it was it calcifications? Uh, no, it was like they just saw something in the in the mammogram results or whatever. I don't know what it was, you know, but there wasn't a lump. No, that's what my calcifications had... are. There, there's something okay. that shows up. That's what my sister had too. There's no lump. It's just okay. like the beginning of it and they're called calcifications and they see them okay, and they're like, yeah. clus- there's like a cluster of something and they could have yeah. cancer and then that's exactly what happened to my sister, my sister too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it was long story short. It was one of those things where, it, you know, 
She told me they were inspe- looking into it. I was like, there's no way she's going to have cancer. Mm-hmm. She called me back, had cancer. Mm-hmm. And, like, from the day she called me till, like, I don't know, like 48 hours later, I went from, you know, being a permanent resident of New York in this apartment that I've been living in forever to I'm leaving this apartment. Uh, I'm ending my stay here. I'm moving back to Pennsylvania, and I don't know when I'll be back. Yeah. So it was all rough. It was all very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's it's a bummer that, like, sometimes in life things like that happen and pull you out of situations that you're in. Um, but, you know, from the bad comes the good. And, mm-hmm. it, like, you know, that that You probably wouldn't you know, be living whatever. in L.A. now. You wouldn't have your own podcast. Because you have a podcast, right? What is it called again? What is it's your podcast? Down- it's called Down with Joe DeRosa. Oh, Down with Joe DeRosa. Right. You probably wouldn't have your own because you would have still been doing it with Robert. You have your own pot. You wouldn't probably be living in L.A., right? You would have stayed in Hell's Kitchen, right? Who knows? Yeah. Like, who knows? I have mm-hmm. no idea. I probably, probably a lot of those things. Like, like I had a very good arrangement in, in Hell's Kitchen, and being forced to leave Hell's Kitchen forced me to, um, you know, relocate New York. It, mm-hmm. it forced me to understand truly, like, what the rents and the mm. cost of living truth in New totally York. Totally fucked up, uh, right? It's so bad. Yeah. It was a tough learning experience. It, it forced me to stop doing the podcast. It forced me to move to a different part of town. And, but, you know, like I said, from the bad comes the good. So I got to go on this whole different course. Bobby, of course, obviously went on to do great things with his show, and, and they're they're doing extremely well, it seems like. So, uh-huh. You're friends you know, with Robert now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean everything. Yeah, so like I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that like everything's going well. Mm-hmm. Glad that everything's going well, and like we, and I learned a lot like doing that show with them. Like I don't think I'd be able to do, uh, you know, two things. I learned a how to sit and talk for a while and and be on a podcast, but I also learned a lot about like what I didn't want to do. Meaning like you know sometimes I would say things that I was like, I don't want to talk about that stuff about myself or whatever. You know, it was Uh all stuff I revealed on my own free will. But, you know, you just kind of live and learn and develop. And You didn't like revealing stuff about yourself on your podcast? I didn't. I don't mind being personal. I'm very open on my current podcast. Uh You know, I talk all the time about how I'm on Prozac and and therapy and whatever. Uh I don't mind sharing that kind of stuff. Uh, what I didn't like was the way I, was the way I acted sometimes. You know, quite frankly, I didn't like the way I acted with you. Right. Um, you know, I thought it was good. It made for good radio and everything. Right, but it but wasn't like authentic. I, that wasn't like who you are. Maybe. Well, it, it, the, the problem was it was authentic. Like, <laughs> I wish I could look back on that right now and say, oh, I was hamming it up for for the thing like you said you were like i was truly that angry like when we were yelling <laughs> at each other yes, i was like right. furious right. and it's like you don't like that to be out there it's it's the reason that i always said like from the day i ever first saw a reality show i said like i'll never do one of those like right. because because i was like i don't ever want the, a camera on me to show like all my flaws like that because it just seems horrible. No, me and my um, friend did a podcast the other day and we were talking about it and I said there was some famous person that made this quote or said that there's, you know, everybody has a part of themselves, 
or a, like that is like really horrendous, you know, and I don't you know, it comes out in all different places in everyone's life, different places for different people, you know, but everyone has that that moment where they're like, oh, my God, if somebody saw me doing this or acting like this, they'd be like, who the fuck are you? You know, but we all do it. and We all have those sides. And I think, you know, it's fine that you got that mad. I just got that mad at somebody like five days ago. Like, you know, shit like that happens. That's just being a real person. Even what I did, which was like yeah. pathetic because I had so much going on in my life at that time. So like, why would I give a shit about that? Right. I was dealing with heavy shit. So it was like, so it was really easy for me to not really get emotional about that because I was so checked out and involved in other things. Right. So it's just like, you have to take into account other things that are going on. I don't like, I mean, I do this podcast where I get people from Craigslist that call in and they tell me their secret, like dirty lives or things that they're doing. And like, why I love doing it is because I feel like if you just take things out of context and you just look at like the surface of something, it just might seem fucked up or dysfunctional. But when you really get in and you talk to somebody and you look at something and you look at the story around it, you could just like understand it more. And people are just human beings and people, human beings are flawed and they do fucked up things. Right. And that's like, okay. Like I think that's, I like people more like that. You know what I mean? Than people that are trying to like hide that stuff. I understand that more. I, I like, I'm more comfortable with flawed people because I think that that's more real. So, I mean, I don't think you were that hard uh, on yeah. And we, Paul, like we sort of like <laughs> made up, like we had a very nice talk. I thought that was really cool of you. I mean, I thought you were like overly, I tend to be, I mean, I could be harsh and I have a very thick skin because of like the way that I was raised and the problems with my father and stuff. And I could be, you know, uh, and I'm an uh, alpha female, so I could offend easily, but I could like I could give it, but I could take it. I have a very thick skin right. and I have a very good sense of humor. So I tend to clash, you know, with people that are more sensitive and, you know, no one's right or wrong. Right. We're just built differently. And I felt like, oh, right. like me and you were like a little bit like oil and water, like you're just more sensitive and you're like get defensive more than I do. So, I mean, you could, you should hear the shit that Robert Kelly says to me. Like you, most people would like fucking cry. I think it's hilarious. Like I don't take a lot of things right. that serious. And that's just because I was tortured growing up. So I learned, you know, I built that thick skin. But, um, so I think that that was a lot of it too, because we're just like, you know, very opposite personality types. And I offend people like you a lot. Like it's like, that's a very difficult personality type for me to get along with. But what I thought was so cool about you, this was going to say, because Everyone's like a concoction to me and you could be like hypersensitive. But what was great is you were also like you called me and we had an open conversation about it later. Not even that much later, like a couple days later. And like you copped to stuff and I copped to things and we got past it. And that was like really cool. And to me, that trumps <coughs> everything else. You know what I mean? Who gives a shit if you're hypersensitive and I'm a bitch? Like if you could be self-aware enough to, you know, realize that and be communicate that, you know, shortly right. after, that's what really matters. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't like, you know, I, I thought talking about it, uh, what happened with you and me was, was interesting and, and, uh, and it was, it was worth discussing after the fact or whatever, but I didn't like see, like, you know, after I talked about the, the whole thing on the radio on Opie and Anthony and, and we played clips from the podcast and everything, I didn't like, then seeing people tweet for you know that you needed to get you know hit in the face and I oh, know my head chopped off floating over but Joe I I know when you called that's know, how terrible. that's what you call you see I loved that I mean it was like the most like 
action I ever got, you know, I'm not a comedian and I'm not like in your world, so I don't get any kind of attention. I wanted to, you know, the infamous Twitter followers that I was looking for that you trashed me for. So I loved it. It was fine for me. I, like I said, I have a very thick skin. I don't, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. At all. When I was younger, well, no, I no, had people I, yeah. in other towns that hated me that I didn't know. I've been hated since day one. So it doesn't like that doesn't it doesn't bother me, you know. So but you, well, I, I think that's what you were apologizing that. for. Right. I remember like because you felt bad about yeah, that. No, and that's I what got us talking. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like seeing. Look, regardless of the differences I may or may not have with any one person, you know, right. I've been on the giving I've been on the giving and the receiving end of that sort of treatment. Giving meaning not that I'm doing it, but like where people are on my side and and doing it for me online. And then I've I've been there where people are doing it against me. Uh, and either in either case, like in the case with you, people were saying things to try to be supportive of me, and I but I still thought the things they were saying were pretty horrible. Oh my god, they were totally uh, so. all on your side. They all hated me. I yeah, think I had like three people on my side. <laughs> yeah, and it didn't. So my point is, is like even when somebody's trying to be supportive and even when somebody like you is saying, I have a thick skin, I can take it, it doesn't change my ethical stance on right, it. Which I hear is, you, right. I don't like what these people are saying to this to this, to this this person. Like right. whether I have a problem with her or not, like I, she, people shouldn't be telling her to get kicked in the cunt or whatever the uh-huh. fuck they were saying. Oh, I saved you know, them so. all. I mean, I favorited them also. They're all in like my Twitter feed. It was, it was like funny. I mean, I just thought, wow, Opie and Anthony has pretty like, like, I don't know. They have a weird, like a scary, like their, their audience is kind of scary. You know, because the shit that the people yeah, were saying no, was I very know. dark, a little scary, like scary people. It wasn't like just tongue and cheek stuff. It was like hardcore. It's it's a it's a bit much, yeah. I I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I but agree. I still uh, thought it was cool that you called and we hashed everything out. We're like got past it because you know when I went into it thinking, and I before I turned it up a notch and played for the camera and like and turn you know and just decided to like take the role of the bitch. I thought we were like it. This was just like a joke for the podcast. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I don't know why mm-hmm. I thought that you have to pay for that, <laughs> but but I think also All there's. Right. You know, I, I think, um, and and then I think with Robert calling, I don't know, like, where it went wrong, but I think that I didn't take it seriously, and then I was, like, confused. I was like, does Joe really think this is a real date? I don't know. Did you think it was a real date? Tell the truth. Yeah. Really? I No, I did. I mean, yeah, I did. I didn't think, like, I mean, I knew it was, I knew it was, like, sort of set up through the podcast, but, yeah, I, I thought, like, it was a date. Like, I thought, like, right. I thought, like, we had a mutual interest in one another. Like I wouldn't have done it otherwise. Like I, I, like I, I definitely was attracted to you like physically and like, you know, your personality or whatever. So you like like this hardcore personality. Yeah. I liked you. You seemed like fun. And I thought you were hot and, and they were, and you know, Bob was like, go out because sparks will fly and like i didn't necessarily think that meant like in a bad way i really kind of to be <laughs> he honest meant like, it in a bad way is that what he said sparks will fly i think he meant that in a bad way he didn't tell me podcast. that oh he said in the podcast no, no, no he said it i think he said it on the podcast like right he was he was like basically saying like your your two personalities it'll be it'll be interesting or whatever and like so i certainly thought like there was a chance we were going to, we were going to knock heads on a few things, but like, in all honesty, I thought we were going to go out, have like a pretty like fiery drunken evening. 
You didn't know and I then, didn't drink? I don't think I knew that. I don't right. think I realized that. And you didn't that. know I was um, having a baby. You weren't having a baby. Yes, I was. <laughs> I mean, you weren't pregnant when I... When no, I but I was trying... What I mean is I was trying to have a baby, that I was involved in this crazy situation, is what I'm saying. Like, you didn't know any of that ahead of time, No, right? you told me that. Oh, you, you okay. You told me that you were thinking about having a baby with a guy you were friends with, but yeah. it didn't... It, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yes. <laughs> I, I, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned that, but it didn't, like... It, the way you were talking about it didn't seem like you weren't... I don't know. Look, I thought we were going to have sex. I don't know how else to phrase it. I'm like, I know. I'm that's like, perfect. That's the way to phrase it. Be direct. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm only stuttering because I'm trying to, I was trying to think of a polite way to say it. But Why? Like, I thought we were going to go out like. Thought you were going like to get me drunk and I was like, going to fuck you. No, I didn't, my plan wasn't to get you drunk. Like, right. I just thought we were going to go out and have like a kind of a wild night that yeah. would have been comprised of potentially arguing at times and potentially laughing at times. But. Just sort of connecting, uh-huh. and then uh, and then having like yeah hardcore sex. <laughs> yeah, you know what? So, I was just talking to my sister about this the other day because I like uh, I think the problem with me and this is just about me and nothing to do with you and just but you it makes me think like oh I like there's something about me and I think it's like the way that I look and carry myself and maybe because I really was this type of person when I was younger. Um, it's like, I feel like I present myself one way and, uh, and so, and people just assume I'm a certain way and, but I'm totally not that way. You know, like I don't drink. I like, but I think I give off like a party girl, fun, loose, easy, crazy kind of vibe yet. I don't drink. I'm not like that at all. And I'm kind of, and I'm like, you know, maybe that's not really good. Cause I sort of like, where's the disconnect in me that I put up that vibe and so many, like the type of guy that's always attracted to me. Like I was at the gym recently and the, this big, huge, muscly total player dude who's been trying to come after me for so long. Like, you know, totally finally like makes his move. And his first thing is like, Oh, like how could you do legs on a, like, a, aren't you hungover from the weekend? And I'm like, Oh no, I don't drink. And he's like, you don't drink and then I'm like no and then like and I'm like oh and I eat really healthy and I'm and I'm just like this fucking nerd kind of but I'm like I kind of don't look like it and I'm like there's something wrong with me because the way I look and the vibe I give off attracts like a certain kind of guy yet that guy expects me to be a lot more fun than I really am like I don't fuck guys on the first date I wouldn't even right. make out with you I didn't I don't even make out with guys and you're like what are you crazy I really don't I'm kind of like I wouldn't say uptight, but without alcohol, things like that. I'll do it maybe on the second for sure, you know. But um, I what think did I, you say? I'll do it on the second what? date. I'll make out with right. the guy. I probably won't have sex with him on the second date, you know. But um, because I don't drink, and it's just like it's a problem for me because I think I give off a vibe because of the way that I look. And maybe you thought I was a lot more fun than I really am. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess uh, you know. Look, I, I'm not saying. I'm not saying uh, that, uh, you know, that my assumptions were what should have in any way happened that night. I was probably dumb for assuming that anything would go in any certain way. But isn't that what all men do? Are you dating anyone now? What's your deal? Um, No. How are L.A. women compared to New York women? And compared, I'm saying. How are L.A. women compared to New York women? Uh, they're different. Better, worse? They're different. Um, they're just different. They're not worse. They're not better. They're just different. It's a different, 
it's a very, very different um, – it's just a very different game. I don't know. I can't explain it. Like it, it's it's hard to it's hard to break it down without sounding like I'm saying one is better than the other mm-hmm. um, because you know, look, they have their pros, they have their cons, right? Um, on both sides, I'd say probably just out of preference and what I'm used to, I'd probably prefer the New York girls, mm-hmm. um, but. Be- but I think that's mostly because the New York girls are in the New York scene. Right. Um, L.A., the scene is really different, you know? Like, I right. live, I lived in an apartment in Brooklyn in New York. I'm, I'm fucking, you know, now I live in, like, a house in right, right. East totally Los different. Angeles. It's like, yeah, it's like I'm not meeting girls every 10 minutes out here, you know? Okay, like, but let me ask so you this. Normal different. girls that drink and are out and about, like, what, when do you expect a girl to sleep with you? How many dates in? I don't normally expect get, it. No, no, no. Forget, okay, forget about the word, Joe. Like, when, when, like, wh- how, like, do girls sleep with you normally on the first date, second, third? Like, what's that? Wh- what is, what goes on in that world? I really don't know. Like, what do you mean? What, like, I'm not sure I understand. What goes what on in the drinking world? You go out and you date. You thought you were going to. I don't really you said you went, Joe, you said you were taking me out on that date because you thought you were going to get me kind of drunk and we were going to fuck. Okay. Like, that's what you said. No, no, I didn't say I wanted to get you kind of drunk. Okay, no, no, but you no. thought You're we were going to get, okay, well, you thought we were going to I get drunk. I thought you and I were going to, meaning, meaning I thought you and I, you seemed like the personality yes. type that was going to be like, don't be a pussy, pull a stool up to the bar and let's do some shots. Like, right, you just right. seemed like a real <laughs> rough and tumble girl. Totally, so I yeah, thought that's the problem. That's the way the night was going to go. Had I thought you weren't a drinker, I wouldn't have thought that the way the night was going to go but you have a real whiskey personality so because i I was a drinker i'm a drinker this is the problem i'm a drinker that doesn't drink i'm a smoker that doesn't smoke you know what i mean so i have the personality type for those things yet i don't do those things that's that's where i give the false advertising out that's why i'm like still single probably Because the guys oh, that are mean, super attracted to me want fun or, you know, they really not at like when they get to know me, they're like, oh, they want to be out of bars still drinking. And I'm like not interested in that in the slightest. You know, well, I mean, um, I mean, well, but, but get back to your question about what was your question? about? What My is question drinking? is when, no, like in your world, like you go on dates, you're single, right? You go on dates, right? Do girls normally sleep with you on the first date? Uh, no, no, I mean, it's happened, but no, it's not like a thing I expect. Right. No, I'm just wondering, like, do girl, you know, like some of my guy friends will be like, oh, God, you have to screw the guy. Like, like you wait five to like, you know, people think like a guy, I think guys have told me that, you know, it's three times, third date for sure. You need to sleep with someone. I'm like, really? Like I sleep with someone when I feel comfortable enough and that could be on the third date, the fifth date. I mean, I dated my friend that guy that I was having the baby with, like, you know, I waited a while before I had sex with him and he was my friend for like 13 years. I mean, you'd think I would t- well, fuck a- on the first night, but I was like, no, I need to I feel comfortable. Like that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, no, I know. No, I'm saying I've dated, I've dated girls like that. I mean, there's no, that's what I'm saying. I don't quite understand what you're asking me. Like, it sounds like you're asking me 
it sounds like you have an assumption that like I always sort of move at the same pace with every girl. No, 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 no. I'm asking you more in general, like what's out in that world. Like to me, you're more in the dating world. world? That's the younger world of like going out and drinking and stuff. I'm older. I'm 45. So if I'm going out, I'm going out with a 50 year old and we're going to have dinner. You know, I don't know. I'm thinking because you're 37. Oh, I'm thinking because you're 37. Maybe you're going out with 25 year olds and you're going into a bar and then like, you know, I'm just wondering what goes on in that world. It's more of a general. Thing. I don't really go. I don't really. I don't really go out like that much anymore. Like no? that kind of that phase is kind of done. That's what I was saying about like living in L.A. It's a, it's a very different scene for me now. Like, Are you looking for a girlfriend? Um. Would you want I don't a know girlfriend? If I'm looking, I, I would enjoy it. I'm not against it. Are you emotionally uh, unavailable, not, like so many other men? <laughs> no, no. I'm probably more emotionally available now than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I mean. You know, I'm certainly open to the idea of having a girlfriend. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not looking for it because I feel like you can't really look for that kind of thing. It's it's like it'll happen when it happens. And I'm open to it. Right. Uh, I'm also open to if it doesn't happen and I'm just keep being a single guy and meeting different people, like, that's fine, too. Like, whatever's supposed to happen right now will happen. Do you have so booty calls? To- like, do you have booty calls? Like, do you have some, like, a constant source of action just so while you're waiting, like, you can get laid? Because I think that's important when you're uh, a single person. No? No, not really. No. No. Oh. Like... I always I like know. to have that on the de- on the side, only because like you know, if you go a long period of not having someone, you don't want to like not get laid. It's healthy, like you need to, you know. I think it's healthy, but you don't want to go. I mean, for as a woman, I don't want to go sleeping around with different people all the time. So I like to have like yeah, but you, little people. Yeah. I mean, look, if you said to me, if you said to me, Joe, you know, we know each other, and um, let's you know, no strings attached have an arrangement where if I call you and you're free and you're into it, um, you know, or vice versa, we can get together and make something happen. Like I'm open to that. I wouldn't be like, no, that's not, but I'm just saying like as a standard, you know, I don't, I don't like try to keep booty call girls around. No, and it only works. No, it's it's the worst. No, 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 it's the worst, but it only works. I don't do that with anybody. It's only worked with, it only works with people um, that, I used to date like you have to have gone through an emotional someone liking somebody and getting past that and being done and like hashing that out and then to never go back again that you could just do that but so you're very close with for me it's only worked if I'm very close with them very close friends with them they I like them I stopped liking them once I stop liking somebody I'll never like them ever again in my life like I'm just not interested in the past so once I loop out of I call it like I loop into a guy and I could become so hyper fixated and that's who I want and I really like him but if it doesn't work out when I loop out, I can never go back, you know, but those people stay my friends and I love them. And if the sex was really good and there's like some sort of chemistry, that's the person I would sleep with as opposed to going out and sleeping with somebody random or somebody that, you know, cause things get complicated. I can't just sleep with a guy and not like him, you know, like I, you know, I can't do that sort of a thing. Not somebody that I think I could like, or somebody that, you know, there's a, there's a potential there. No way. I wouldn't put myself in that position either. It's more, well, well, I mean, I don't know. For me, it's not like it's not like a, the position or the idea that bothers me. I just find that it's very it's very infrequent that both parties understand um, understand the situation or, or respect it in the same way. 
it's just very hard, you know. Yeah, it's you need the girl that like liked you already, and then that's over. You can't go for the girl that says she doesn't like you, but there, you know, she never did because she'll wind mm-hmm. up liking you. There's some sort of weirdo hormone that hap- like that is released in a woman when she has an orgasm from a man, and I swear it's true. You do bond with the oh, guy, yeah. like for sure. It really yeah. works. When I was trying to get over that guy. And we like I stopped letting him like and I said to him, like, I have to stop being with you because I'm turning into a full fledged weirdo because I was like, you know what? I'll fool around with you, but I'm not going to let you make me come like I won't come like I stopped like and I felt like there was less of a because when he would always pull away afterwards, you know, when he would do disappearing acts and it was like a very push pull fucked up situation and it was a mind fuck for me. And I found that when I stopped letting him give me orgasms, it was less of a, um, a, a downer when he disappeared. And I was like, you know, this is like my only power over this situation at this point. And then I was like, I have to stop this because this is fucking weird. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to turn sex into yeah. like, a weirdo experience. So I can't do business with you anymore. But because that really does no, happen. Yeah. There's a bonding thing and you get like, it, you know, and it's uh, very powerful. And it's great if you're like with the person. But if there's a problem, it just keeps a girl very attached to a guy. So you can't let that guy let you have or like, sure. you, can't, you know, for sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough uh it's a delicate situation. It's tricky. I, you know, I just watched, uh, excuse me. I just watched fatal attraction the other night. Oh my God. I remember. I love that movie. That was a great movie. I don't remember it though. Yeah. Um, I loved it too. I, I had never really seen it all the way through. I'd seen clips of it, you know, over the years or whatever, but I'd never sat down and watched the whole thing. And I watched it. And I was, I was, it was funny. I saw my parents the next day and I was telling them, but they didn't sleep well, and they were like, well, why? And I said, well, I watched Fatal Attraction before I went to bed, and it really wound me up like I couldn't sleep. And um, they were like, why? And I was like, because I I go, obviously, I've never dated a woman that crazy. I was like, but, like, they portrayed, like, somebody going crazy so well. There were so many glimpses of the crazy women I have dated in her <laughs> character. Uh, right. That it was, it was, like, frightening. It really freaked me out because I was like, my God, like, this can go really far. And like, I don't know, like, I feel like, I feel like there's always that massive potential for a booty call situation to go in that direction. Like there's, there's that moment in the, in the movie where, you know, like she's totally, when, when they first discuss having the affair, she's like, with two adults, I can be discreet. And she just kind of lays it all out. Like, Hey man, no strings attached. And then she, when she starts in on him, like, you just think you can come over here and fuck me and then leave. And, and I was just like, holy shit. And the part where she's like, I'm pregnant. I was just like, it was giving me like anxiety. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> you know? you're so, so afraid that that could happen to you? I just, I've dated. Crazy I've dated like, I dated one girl in particular who was really, really, really crazy. Like, and I mean to the point where. You know, she did things to like she did manipulative things to fuck my life up after we stopped seeing each other. Right. She was mad that I didn't want her anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and like it's frightening. It's really it's really frightening. And that movie just depicted the way somebody like that acts very, very well. Right. Uh, and I'm not saying he's I'm not saying the man is without fault in that movie. I'm just saying like I've been in the situation where you're saying to somebody like you have to stop and they're just like, You can't make me. You can't make me stop. 
you know, because they're not doing anything technically illegal or whatever. It's just fucking creepy, man. It's creepy. So, like, I feel like there's a chance to get into, like, a crazy, weird situation with, like, a booty call. So I'm just very careful about it, you know, like. Yeah, you have to do it. Have you had, like, how many long-term girlfriends have you had in your life? Very few. Very, very few. Like one, two, five? What's the longest relationship you ever had? Maybe five. About nine months. Nine months? crazy girl. Oh, okay. So the five weren't your only relationships. Were the five were the long, like, long-term relationships? Well, long-term, I mean, meaning months. I never even made it to a year. Real? Oh, I've had, like, 80 months, like, you know, a couple months long things. You've only had five in your whole life? And what's besides those five? Besides those five, what is the rest? Just like like dates that like maybe three dates or something. It doesn't work out. Yeah, I see a girl for a month, a few weeks, two months, whatever it is. I don't know. What is that amount of time? I was asking guys recently, and most guys said three months. And I don't. I'm curious of what you say. Like, how long does a girl sort of hang around with the guy? You know, you meet a guy, right? You have to expect that he's probably seeing other women, right, when you meet him and, you know, whatever, and you start liking him, and you're like, how long do I have to sort of hang around this guy for him to know whether he likes me, you know? And most of my guy friends are like, oh, you, you got to hang around for, like, three or four months. How long do you think, it, like, a girl needs to hang around to see, like, or how long does a guy need to take before he's going to know whether he likes you or not? And if he doesn't, you're just like, okay, I'm done, you know, I, you know cause, so you don't waste your time. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like three months is a three months is a sort of magic number. I think. I mean, for me at least, three months is the time where you decide like this is somebody I could be with for a little while, or it's not. And I right. think that's probably the time limit for most people. And you know, look, I think that there have been many times when I've been too uh, discriminatory with a relationship, and I probably could have let it breathe a bit more and, and been a little more open-minded. But I also think that the majority of the time I was just recognizing that something was not going to move forward and that I didn't want to waste any time in trying to make it move forward. And I don't think enough people do that. I think No, I think people... men, men are, I think men know more. I think women, unfortunately with women, it's in our nature to, even if we, there's 1% hope, it's very hard to walk away from 1% hope. That's why when men and women, like when women are done with men and they break up with them, men always, by the time they want them back, the woman's like fucking finished. And I'm always like, yeah, because she was done. Like the minute a woman starts complaining about what she's like not happy with is the <clears> time <throat> to make the changes. Once she says, I'm out of here, she's out of there because she's not out of yeah. there until there's no hope. You know, with 1% hope, that bitch stays. We stay and we try everything we can to make something work. Um, but right. when we walk, we walk. But I think guys cut their losses in a different way. I think if a guy meets a girl and he's just not feeling it, you know, he moves on. It's just, and it's, it's easier. I think women ha- tend to hang around and I'm guilty of it. And most women are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would say it's probably more, women that hang around than guys. But, I mean, I, I certainly know lots of guys in um, that have been in or are currently in relationships um, where they're getting a certain amount of abuse and they, sh- and they should be, you know, demanding more for themselves, and they're not. Mm-hmm. And they're miserable, you know, like, and they don't even realize they're miserable. But is it's it abuse? Sad. Is it abuse, like, real, a real abuse? Or is it just, like, you know, bullshit that probably most people have to deal with in relationships? Because, you know, you're going to have to deal with it. I don't mean abuse, like, yeah. 
I don't mean abuse like the the woman is like beating them or like calling them like no, but what do you consider right? But, like, mm-hmm. I just mean like abuse in the sense of like you're not being treated right. Like your your woman doesn't respect you. Right. Like she doesn't give you the freedoms that you should have as a human being. Like mm-hmm. this isn't how a relationship is supposed to function. You should. You, you, there isn't a mutual respect here. That's that's what I mean. And right. Uh, yeah. And a lot of people I, have I, that I, kind of relationship. And I think it probably doesn't start out that way, right? Nobody winds up with that person. Nobody stays with that girl in the beginning. But unfortunately, something goes really awry in long term relationships. And I think it's um. And it's sad because there's no way that those people were that way with each other when they first hooked up. You know what I mean? They just, he wouldn't have been with that woman. That woman wouldn't have been the one he chose, you know? I think that that comes comes out way later once you're sort of hooked and everyone lets their freak flag fly because most people show up and they're different people, you know? And then you're in it and so you're putting up with that. And then nobody sort of talks about or communicates that shit and, and works on it because I think if you work on that stuff that you could make it better you said you went you go to therapy I go to hardcore therapy I love it and I believe in like communicating and working through things and I think people could change and I'm like really big on that you know and I think everybody that's in a relationship with somebody could you know they could all use some therapy to make it better and it would really work if both people were open to it you know what I mean instead of having these sure. horrific fucking relationships where it's just like they make people that don't have relationships like not want to have relationships you know what I mean it's like because you're like oh my god you make it look so terrible you know it's like just toxic and nasty and you're like that's just that the sad thing is is it didn't start out that way you know what I mean it started out with two people that really liked each other but somewhere along the line there's it becomes about ownership and you get comfortable and you know you just people just lose themselves and they forget about it and I think um there's a guy named Harville Hendricks and he's like believes that once romantic love blows over and that, you know, goes away like after two years, that's when the real hard work comes. But and it turns like really bad. And most people think that that's when you're supposed to leave. But what he believes is that's when the stuff that comes out that could really heal you and, and heal the stuff that happened to you in your childhood. And that person's pushing your buttons and you're supposed to work through that. And that's like an amazing thing. But nobody wants to deal with that time or they just deal with that time by just d- repeating the same shit. You know what I mean? And nothing goes anywhere and everyone's just like you say, miserable. Um, but I think it, you, yeah. you could take from that and learn from it and, and get through that and you know, whatever. I mean, I don't think that just cause relationships don't last forever that they're a failure. I mean, so, you know, most people you're not going to be with them for the rest of your life, but if you're with someone five or 10 years and you know, you work through things and stuff like that's a successful relationship. And I think there's a lot of healing and good that could c- come out of it. And that's what relationships are for. You know, they're to help you grow yeah, and learn, you know. But I think people don't think that. Sure. People think a relationship is I feel fucking empty inside and I'm not that happy. And I'm going to meet you. And because you make me so happy when I first meet you that like you have to make me happy for the rest of my life. Right. And then the minute like that shit wears off and you're like, you're just you and you're not happy anymore. And you're like, oh, it's all your fucking fault. You know, and it's like, no. It's not the other person's fault. Like, that's not what a relationship is not to make you happy or fulfill you. You know, you're still, you're just your own person. You're two separate people. But it, I think it does help you grow and learn. And, and, and I, because it's difficult. It's not, like, easy or perfect, you know? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to find people that are... That's an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I, huh? played, I played this little clip of Harville Hendricks. He's so fucking brilliant and amazing. Um, what he believes and I think it's like to keep the key to all things and then there was something I found Dan Savage you know he does that Savage Love podcast which I love he's like one of the most brilliant 
you know, because I do my podcast is like self-help, like call in people with problems. I love talking to people with their problems and, and, and he does it, but he does it in like the most amazing way. He's so way. He's so well-spoken and he's so smart and he's so open-minded and he knows <coughs> so much about love and sex and relationships. And he did this whole clip. I'm going to send it to you. And it, he calls it like the price of admission, you know, and he talks about his 14 year relationship and he talks about how like, you know, there's just a price of admission. Like if you want to like be in a relationship and stuff, there's certain things you're going to have to put up with. And they call it in his house, like the price of admission. This person does this. And this is what I have to deal with if I want to stay with this person, you know, and he's got like this really great way of talking about love and how there's not that one and nobody's fucking perfect. And this is just what you deal with or you're going to be alone. And he just says it in like a really cool way. I'll post it on my Facebook page. I'll send it to you because it's really good. Um, All right. And that's that, that sounds good. Thanks. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, I can just keep talking about this shit for hours. But at my podcast, I only like them to be about an hour and we're at an hour now. So I'm glad that you called right. in. I'm glad that we didn't get in a fight. I didn't know if we would. I thought maybe in the beginning we were going to get in a fight. Now, about what? what were we gonna I don't know. About? Sometimes you're a little defensive to my ways and I don't know. It irritates me. And then I want to lash out on you. I, fought, I feel like we could fight easily, but I think that we... We did. We did good. We didn't fight. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't think we were gonna fight. Okay. I, uh, and and yeah, I mean, you know, we talked. To, I don't know. I just didn't think we were gonna fight. So I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you're doing well. And, I'm doing uh, good. I'm doing good. And you're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine. And uh, you know, it was nice talking to you. Yeah, if you ever, what do you do on your podcast? If you ever want me on your podcast to talk about other things, I'll come on. I don't know. Yeah, what, if you're I ever could talk in LA, about. I could talk about. Oh, you. Oh, you don't have the call in thing, right? No, I don't do call ins. I just. I mean, I might soon. It's it really looks, easy, Joe, to hook up. I mean, I, it's just a cord. I know. I know. Well, I, the the hopefully my format is going to be slightly changing soon. Some. It, it, looks like some changes for the better might be happening so uh-huh. you know once once all that takes place i might be able to do call-ins but uh until any of that happens i'm gonna just kind of do it the way i've been doing it which is me sitting in a room talking to a wall <laughs> by yourself when i the one i listened to you were talking to somebody else uh sometimes i have guests i don't have them frequently because it's a pain in the fucking ass to to get people to come on and you, you know, could I, talk I by yourself for like an hour. How long are your podcasts? I do it all the time. Yeah, they're about an hour. Wow. I found it when my it's co-host left hour. and I had to do my intros by myself. I mean, I could do probably about a minute to two minutes tops. And I'm oh. like, wow, I'm so good at talking to the air now, you know, but at first it was very, I'm like more of a talker, like in a conversation, you know, and I talk to strangers. I have strangers. I post ads on Craigslist. People respond and then they call in and like, I just grill them with questions and find out all this interesting stuff about sure. them. Sure. Which I love. Well, it's, you know? a different, it's a different kind of show. I mean, my show isn't, you're, you're doing like an advice show. Totally. My show, is a, my show is about a specific topic every episode. So, like, you know, if I'm alone, I talk about something that's like on my mind that week mm-hmm. and I make notes and, and then I send it up to Twitter and say, send in thoughts and questions. And I oh, to that's those. cool. That's smart. And you have a lot of followers. So people write in stuff and then you, re- <laughs> then you reply to those or talk about those. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's pretty basic, but it's uh, it's fun. So people could listen to it on Twitter and Stitcher. Is that where uh, they can find you can it? get it on? I'm uh, uh, not Twitter, iTunes. On, <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you can get it on iTunes. You can get it on my website, which is JoeDeRosaComedy.com. You can get it on Stitcher, um, and it's called Down with Joe DeRosa. So if you, you know, I, I hope somebody wants to listen to it that heard this. Yeah, awesome. I have a lot of people that, no, but I have a lot of people that listen to me because I went on Robert Kelly's podcast to promote mine podcast, you know, and I have a good amount of listeners now. Um, So, but a lot of them are people that listen to Robert, so they would know you. And if if they don't know that you have your own podcast now, they will now. No, and they'll definitely go listen. Thanks for being on, Joe DeRosa. If I'm ever in LA, I'll look you. you up. Yeah, you should. If I'm in New York, I'll look you up. All right, cool. Yeah, we can have like a friendly hangout. Yeah, and I'll pay half the bill. Hey. I'll pick up the whole right. tab, actually. I'll pick up the whole tab. How about that, Joe? You don't have to. You come to you New York. To. No, 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 I want to. You come to New York. I'm old abroad now. It's like it's been three years. And we will go out, and you can have as much green tea as you want. We'll have sushi, okay? And I will pay. How about that? All right, if you insist. I insist. Okay, Joe, I'll see you when you're in New York. All right, sweetie. We'll thank soon. you so much. Bye. Thanks for calling in. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous. Strictly anonymous.